Sup Freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce the sponsors for this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Great rip, tired rip, long week moving for your boy here. A little lethargic at the moment. Uh, but still, gotta show up every week. Week after week, block after block. Gotta get it in. Consistency. Consistency is key. Speaking of consistency, the team at Unchained Capital has been extremely consistent at providing very cool tools for Bitcoiners with a security-first mindset. Uh, do you know about their focus on multisig? They have Caravan version 2 out there, which allows you to uh, create a multisig quorum with yourself, a very secure one where you can really nail down the derivation pass. Uh, you got coin control. Uh, you got hardware wallet testing tools. You can really set up an incredible multisig an incredible, the most incredible multi-sig uh, wallet using Caravan. And, and why did they build Caravan? Because they are a financial services firm for Bitcoin with a security-first mindset. They wanted to make sure they could build tools that they could be confident in using themselves as Bitcoiners. And this shows up in their Vault product. Uh, with an unchained vault, you engage in a two or three multi-sig quorum in which you hold two of three keys. Uh, right now, Ledger and Trezor are compatible. They're working on Cold Card, soon TM, and then uh, Unchain holds that third key. If you want to do a collaborative custody model, uh, you engage with them. And if you ever need to move your UTXOs out of your vault, you can do so by yourself. But if you need a little bit of help, you need that another signature from Unchain, they are there to sign that for you. On top of that, they have their collateralized loan program where you can use Bitcoin as program product you can use bitcoin as collateral to get same day u.s dollar liquidity friends don't let friends sell bitcoin so if you're in a pinch you don't want any uh, tax events by selling bitcoin on chain is there to allow you to put bitcoin up as collateral to get same day u.s dollar liquidity and as long as you're paying that loan back and keeping your margin or excuse me your collateral in line you work gucci and on top of caravan they've got a bunch of other open source initiatives that they're working on, uh, including, uh, obviously caravan, which we mentioned hermit slip 39, and they've got their blog series, um, in which Parker Lewis is working on gradually. And suddenly Phil Geiger's writing a bunch of cool stuff. Will Cole is talking about the product. Uh, their engineer buck just came out with an incredible piece on tracking data and how LSAT can be used. Uh, LSAT, the lightning protocol can be used to create a tracking system that's more private than you would think. Um, go check all this out at www.unchained-capital.com. That's www.unchained-capital.com. This episode is also brought to you by our good friends at the Cash App. You freaks already know all about them. They're helping you stack sats, they're helping you send sats, they're helping you receive sats, they're helping you sell sats if you so please. They're allowing you to make sats the standard on the app. You don't want to buy fractions of Bitcoin. You want to buy whole sats. The Cash App makes that very simple. All right. Don't forget, you can send sats on the Cash App. So send them to personal storage eventually. You should aim to do that. Cash App lets you do that. Uh, on top of that, they have Cash App investing. All right. If you want to get into stonks, stock market's hot topic right now. You got David Day Trader out there uh, saying stocks always go up. I I, I don't know how. How much I believe that uh, the Fed is p printing though. They're printing a lot of money, trillions, trillions of dollars, a lot of dollars. Uh, if you want to get in on the stock market action, Cash App Investing is here. 
and you can invest as little as $1 in your favorite stock. If it's a little too expensive, you don't have to buy the whole thing. You can stack a sliver of that stock with $1. Uh, and because it's all connected to your bank account, there's no four to five day waiting periods. And guess what? Cash App may even be your bank account. They have account numbers and routing numbers that allow you to direct deposit paychecks into the Cash App. I mean, cut out the banking system wholly. Or I guess Cash App would be part of the banking system now. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Cash App Investing is a member of SIPC and a subsidiary of Square. And as always, make sure you use the code STACKINGSATS. That's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. One word. You're going to get $10. And $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Across. Owls Across is my impression of a tired owl. Let me sleep. All right, use the code stacking stats, download the Cash App, enjoy this rip of Rabbit Hole Recap. We try not to miss a week. Rate, subscribe, share, whatever you need to do, freaks. Live this life. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. You only got one. Take care. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty Bent here for a late rip uh, of Rabbit Hole Recap. Recording, this might be the latest we've ever recorded, 8 p.m. on a Thursday. Uh, excuse the tardiness, I've been in the middle of a move out of Brooklyn, and uh, today took a lot longer than I expected. Matt, you're, you're living pretty well right now. How the hell are you? I'm in the middle of the woods, connecting to you freaks through cell data. And Marty's the reason we're late. So just keep that in mind, freaks. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've been, I've been warning everybody all week. I'm moving. It's one of my least favorite activities. I'm very much a hardo when it comes to moving. I don't like hiring moving companies. I very much don't trust Verify when it comes to moving your stuff. And uh, doing it all by yourself. You always know... Uh, it's going to be bad, but you always forget just how bad it is. It's pretty grueling, terrible work. I'm pro moving companies, so we can disagree on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's something my dad, like, was such a hard-o about growing up. I'm like, we're going to move ourselves. We got this. It's, it's, it's not that expensive. It's not that expensive to hire a moving company. How much do you think it would have no. cost you? I mean, like in reality. <laughs> No, a nine. Well, because we're moving out of state, it's like nine hundred fifty dollars. Oh. We actually tried to, but um, they were all booked, <laughs> so I had to do it by myself. Oh, not a, not Mr. Tough Guy anymore. Nine fifty is higher than I expected. Like five hundred is pretty reasonable. If it's like five hundred, you skip. Okay. Like how many hours? How many hours of work did you have to do to move? Are you fully moved out? No, not yet. There's many hours to come. Many hours behind me. Many hours to come. Got a got a a trip or two left in me and yeah the reason it was so expensive the movers um because of crossing state lines and stuff like that you should have just had them deliver it like to the new jersey new york border and then picked it up <laughs> picked it up from there had them like 
That defeats the purpose. Yeah, I guess you have to box it all up anyway for the movers. Anyway, moving's a bitch. Moving's yeah. a bitch and a half. I try and not move as much as possible. Try and make it worth it. You know, you got to pick. Like, make sure your next place you pick a pick. I mean, I saw I saw the bench. You got to lay down some roots. You know, you don't want to. Got to lay down some roots somewhere. Unless unless you do like the extreme minimalism idea. I kind of like that idea, even though I've never done it. Where you just because. If you move more often, if you're renting, especially if you're in a city, you can get a way better deal. So, like, I kind of like the idea of just, like, having no stuff. You have, like, very little stuff, and you just move frequently. I like that idea, too. I do like to think my wife and I and our child now don't have that much stuff. We just have small vehicles to move it in. A lot of stuff I was doing, like, spackling, sanding... Doing all that handiwork. Oh, for security deposit? Solo. Yeah. Want that security deposit back. And it's just good tenant ship, right? Spackle and sand. Yeah, you know. I it's 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 a good yeah. measure if you want your security back, landlords will probably overcharge you, so Yeah. Brooklyn, um Brooklyn man. Not the same as when I left it a few months ago. Very eerie feeling, especially at night. Uh, went out last night past nine for the first time. My wife and I thought we were going to be able to like get some curbside grub, but uh, that did not happen. It was really crazy. There was all fireworks going off. Uh, not the, the typical crowd that you see walking the streets. felt very weird. There's a lot of trash. Trash is everywhere. It's disgusting. Well, they haven't. It's always been the case, but it seems like very pronounced. No, right it now. wasn't that bad in Brooklyn before. I mean, like there wasn't that much trash. I think like New York gets a bad rap in that regard. We don't have alleys, so the the actual like trash bags. Is that what you mean? Like trash bags on the street and stuff. Yeah, and then like all the public trash cans were like overflowing and stuff was falling out. Yeah, I can imagine that. Uh, from what I've seen, I, I've gone back and forth a couple times. We still have our apartment there. I do kind of get uh, a little bit of the intuition here, Marty, that you've left New York and you just immediately turned on us. You just started to talk a lot of shit. And I get a little bit defensive. As a as a New Yorker, I get a little bit defensive. You know, it's like a no-corner talking shit about Bitcoin. Like a Bitcoiner can talk shit about Bitcoiner, Bitcoin, but if a no-corner talks shit or a shit-corner talks shit, they can go fuck themselves. You know, that's how I feel. I'm going to go fuck myself in the corner. I think New York will be fine, um, hopefully. No, we'll see. We shall see. I'll be And I'll be back up. I'll be taking Amtrak up. It's not far away from where I am. I think I realized that Wednesday, Antoine Riar, the core dev, he like hit me up on Signal. We had met a couple times. He's like, oh, I'm going to go back to France. We'd love to record an episode. And I just so happen to be in town. So I did my first live interview, like, in person. Uh, I'm sorry. I was supposed to be with you this week, uh, but you decided to go on a trip. No, you fucked me. And, you uh, fucked me. That's why we didn't have the live interview. I delayed my trip for the live interview. Not interview. We'll it. The we'll live it rabbit hole recap. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It felt good to be in person. He, he brought a nice uh, French bottle of wine. That's a three-hour ripper. That kid's smart as I'm shit. I'm excited. Uh, a lot, a lot, 
Um, he's got a lot on the fucking radar right now for Bitcoin development. Uh, pre-warning, very strong French accent, so uh, <laughs> mentally prepare for that, freaks. Uh, I'm prepared. Let's get into it, dude. Enough, enough pussyfooting. Enough, enough shaking each other's dicks. Let's uh, let's get into this list first. We got to go to Clark Moody's dashboard. Uh, current price consolidation, consolidation, man. It feels like we've been hovering in this range for quite some time. Right now, according to Clark's dashboard, it's nine thousand two hundred twenty-two dollars nine two 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 on the dot. We're at block height six hundred thousand three. <laughs> excuse me, can't speak right now. Six hundred thirty-six thousand three hundred forty-six. Uh, a lot of threes and sixes in that one. Uh, lightning capacities at public capacities nine hundred fifty-three point eight nine Bitcoin. Uh, seven hundred ten blocks away from the next retarget, which is estimated to be on June thirtieth, and that'll be a negative adjustment at this point. And uh, what else are we looking at here? Samurai Whirlpool We're at 1,176.44 In unspent capacity And 487.61 Bitcoin Transaction volume in the last 30 days Pretty healthy stats Fees versus rewards is 5.15% right now Nothing too crazy but Higher than the average before the halving I believe So network's looking healthy It's pretty boring We're in like the, the one of those Uh price consolidation and low volatility regimes lord ashtray came back today let's see uh if that has any any omen on the market i'm on a hanging chair freaks that on this porch that has chains so if you hear the chains in the background i apologize this is uh very much an amateur rip this uh this week so just full disclaimer just wanted to bring it to you didn't want to skip a week here it's been a been a pretty boring week nothing too crazy a lot of surveillance stuff going on it hasn't been a boring week we have like a fucking insane list i mean i actually yeah been moving haven't been paying attention to everything but um let's cop into it this was interesting adam gibson or waxwing he responded to the OXT research on join market, which basically the OXT research basically said it was pretty easy to de-anonymize this this join market. Uh, was it a Mt. Gox? Or no. It was the four. It was the four hundred and fifty-two Bitcoin. Someone had right? their Bitcoin stolen. It went into join market. Um, I think yeah. our boy Chris Belcher tweeted out that. It was an unsolved mystery and that it showed how effective join market was because no one knew where it went. So then our boys at OXT Research, uh, Samurai's research arm, dove into it and ergo tracked the Bitcoin to to like a reasonable doubt of where of where it went. Um, And they released that full report, uh, which is available for free. Everyone should go read that. And now Waxwing. one of the lead maintainers over at Join Market issued this response um, after the research paper was published. Yeah, and it's very, uh, very thorough. Nice long read. I honestly have not jumped into it yet, though. Um, but I have heard people talking about it. Yeah, I mean, basically, there's a lot of ways yeah. to shoot yourself in the foot with all these things. 
Um, you know, this is one of the the things that the samurai guys talk about a lot, which is trying to remove the nuance, or at least some of the nuance, some of the foot gun potential. When we say foot gun, it's, you know, when you accidentally shoot yourself in the foot when you're, like, pulling your gun out, um, which happens all the time when it comes to Bitcoin privacy. Like, that's the thing. Like, you can be relatively private, and then you just make a couple mistakes and shoot yourself in the foot, and those mistakes are on-chain forever. Like, Bitcoin is... If, if we're right, Bitcoin is going to be forever. And so you make a mistake now, and you might have Ergo five years from now de-anonymizing your tracks, right? And in this case, you know, it was a, it was a thief who stole the Bitcoin, allegedly. Uh, but it could be an honest user, and it could be an authoritarian regime. So you have to be very careful. Waxwing talked about a lot of the nuances you have to be careful about to try and stop this type of analysis from affecting you. So everyone, everyone should go read it, but especially join market users. Always learning, always learning. Uh, that was actually one of the highlights of this talk I had with Antoine. Will be out next Monday. Is privacy. Talked a lot about privacy, uh, ways to do that, and and maybe how we should be doing that on the second layer. Maybe, um, but it's interesting to think about. Obviously, I'll, things are things are improving and new shit's coming out all the time and speaking of privacy uh if you freaks haven't seen it yet you got to check out the gladstein debate or gladstein or alex gladstein debated um elliptic co-founder what's the name tom tom um, robinson i believe tom robinson yeah i um i caught like part oh of the video oh my god it's so good it's very interesting it's funny to see how these these people frame Peter it. Peter McCormick that. hosted it, uh, and he admitted that he was biased, right? Because I think people know that he's very anti-surveillance uh, company, uh, which I like to think most of the freaks are. Uh, and just trigger warning ahead of time, this was part of Mas Masari Shitcoin Virtual Conference, uh, which I have not seen any of the other things, but I saw this under the recommendation of 6102 Bitcoin. And it was a very good debate. One of the most interesting takeaways, I think, from this debate is that, well, first of all, all of these surveillance guys, they, like, try and justify their actions. They have, like, a bunch of bullshit PR speak. Um, it's, what, it's what some people would call, like, the compliance bro rationalization, right? Where, like, you need compliance for Bitcoin to go mainstream and become successful and that they're, that they're proper Bitcoiners doing, doing right by Bitcoin. Uh, whether or not he actually believes it, I, I, I think that's bullshit, right? I think that's like a bullshit justification, especially since we don't know their client lists and a lot of these companies are selling to authoritarians and dictators and whatnot. So they're hurting honest users a lot of the time. And they say they always make the rationalization like we're not we're not identifying specific users. Um, we're just providing software and tools. But like they're they're labeling they're identifying like wallet clusters. They're saying like this is user nine five two three six 
and then all you have to do is connect it to some kind of KYC or IP address or something, and then and and then the person's identified. So they just don't do that last step, but that last step is really easy for their clients to do. Um, but one thing that was really interesting here is he says, he says, users that 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 want privacy from us should be should be using CoinJoin. They should be using privacy tools. Um, which I thought was an interesting little caveat that he kind of slipped. I don't know if it was like really intentional. Um, and as we said, just said earlier, and we've said on the pod a million times, it's like there's so many ways you can mess it up. But um, he basically said exactly what we've been saying, right? Is that these surveillance companies are watching every fucking move you make. And if you don't take privacy precautions and you don't try and use Bitcoin more privately... Like, you're going to be tracked everywhere you fucking go, and this shit is forever. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how more how, how much more prominent these chain analysis companies come, right? Like, are, are whitelists around the corner? Are they going to try and sort of prevent people from leaving these centralized third parties via whitelist? Like, if you do, I mean, you interact with a coin join, we get thrown on that, but... Uh, until that's the case, we got to coin join as much as possible. And it's always interesting to see how these guys actually think and that, that dump that, uh, no bullshit Bitcoin got on chain analysis webinars is, uh, is another way to get some insight into that. Sometimes they show their cards. Yeah. Those webinars are fucking great. I really want to get my hands on the tools. I, we had, uh, one guy from, I think it was elliptic. No, maybe it was a different one. Um, like do a demo for us at BitDevs, which was really funny. Like he didn't, I don't think he really knew what he was coming into. Were you there for that one? The BitDevs presentation? Yeah, but that was for, um, I was there for one presentation. I don't think it was chain analysis. It was like some wallet software for companies, oh, but no. it was like basically chain there analysis. There was a chain analysis company, well, a surveillance company that came in and presented. I think it was Elliptic. Uh, and... It's pretty wild seeing the software firsthand. I'd really like to get my hands on it. If any of you freaks out there have a login or something, I'll be very discreet. If you let me play around with it, no one's ever given me access. <laughs> That's part of what's so fucked up about it is that they like screen their clients and they don't want people to to see what they're up to. Um, another thing that he did say, which I think we've also been very clear about on the podcast um, and on Twitter, is that if you do use these privacy tools, you might not be able to go into compliant exchanges and services in the future. And personally, for me, I'm completely fine with that, right? But these are the whitelist I was alluding yeah, to. Yeah, like, people should be be aware that's be a risk. ready to go into the circular economy. Eventually, yeah. you know, even if you don't, don't do it now, eventually, uh, you, you know, you're not going to be able to. If you have a large amount of Bitcoin and you go through CoinJoin and you try and like send it all to Coinbase, like that's going to raise like a bunch of flags. They're going to ask questions. You're going to have issues. Um, that's just the reality of the situation. And that'll probably get worse over time. But then I ask you, why are you in Bitcoin in the first place? Um, and if you're just in Bitcoin for trading it short term, I would say that's a horrible idea. The exchange. Yeah, well, I mean, you could still leave the exchange, but you just do a, you just like transfer it out to your ledger, 
and then you, you know, don't run your own node, and then you just transfer it right back in, so you remove the custodial risk. But it's all there, like, clean on-chain. Uh, I don't think that... That's not my Bitcoiner, but they're out there, and if that's how you want to use Bitcoin, that's your prerogative. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> I see you saw my little Twitter... I can use Bitcoin however I, I want. I saw you, my little Twitter escapade today. Yeah. That was a good one. I like that one. And I actually agree with that. The best part was uh, I sent out that tweet. I was like, if you tell people how they should use bitcoin they have a simple answer they should just tell you to go fuck yourself um and then i went for a hike and i had no cell reception for like three hours which is like the best way to send out that type of tweet right (laughs) there's just no literally a fuck you tweet just send it out and just go out go out into the woods let people people fight in your menchies for three hours and come back to the chaos oh my god but like i really it's uh, i don't get it you know because i i you know, Twitter, I I used to say that Twitter lacked nuance. I just think society in general lacks nuance. And Twitter highlights it because it's like a global town square. Um, but like good money is money that you can do whatever the fuck you want with that money. Whether you want to save it, yeah. whether you want to spend it, whether you're earning it, whether you're trading it, whether you're buying it. Um, it's whatever you want to do with that money so this idea of going to the full extremes where it's like hodl only and you should only hodl or you should like these straw man arguments where it's just these two massive extremes it's just a waste of time because first of all people are going to do what the fuck they want anyway and the reality is it's really in the middle you know no one you know people might virtue signal on twitter that they only hodl, but that's bullshit, right? Like, they're going to spend eventually if they haven't spent already. Yeah, I mean, you're preaching to the choir here. And, like, yeah, it is a good money because it services those use cases when people need them. Like, not everybody needs to use it as a medium of exchange right now. Not everybody using needs to use it as a store of value. They need to use it as a rail to move money. But it works for each different use case for each individual each individual situation and that's what makes bitcoin beautiful and actually means that it's working and this is perfect segue into the next topic which is the fact that the maduro regime is stacking sats using btc pay server (laughs) and some uh screenshots leak of their uh their countrywide passport system and they're accepting payments for their their passport services in bitcoin via btc pay server so it seems that maduro and company are using bitcoin the right way like it or not and this is we had like side discussions about this but this is like their first like overt like hey we're acquiring bitcoins like obviously the uh news of them confiscating miners and using it to mine bitcoin using them to mine bitcoin for themselves has always been around but i don't think that's ever been like publicly uh confirmed i could be wrong but uh, this ptc pay server checkout uh is an overt like hey we like bitcoin we're we're gonna allow people to send us some and it was actually hilarious because it had all the 
debit and credit card options, and it said coming soon on top of them. they're not coming. The they're Bitcoin not able man. to accept credit cards. No, they're not coming at all. No. But, yeah, we've suspected this for a while. We've suspected that, you know, these, these like, pariah regimes, like, Bitcoin's, like, the ideal money for them. Like, we just have to be honest about that. Like, that's that's just the result. That's what happens. You know, we saw what, what they had. They had a bunch of gold seized from from England, right? From England. England wouldn't let them move their gold from the... Well, and that gets into the debate, like, who owns that gold? Is it the Venezuelan people or Maduro? Not your bars, not your gold, right? Not, yeah. Well, they are their, bol- their bars, they're just not in their vaults. Marty, you said this was a slow news week. The Venezuelan government is accepting Bitcoin through BTC Pay server. It's hilarious that they're using BTC Pay. This is a perfect example. Like they can't use BitPay. BitPay isn't censorship resistant, <laughs> right? Like having an right. open source project that anyone can run and accept Bitcoin uh, is it, Bitcoin easily is a game changer. And how uh, how did you think Kraken felt that same day that it's becoming apparent that Maduro is using BTC Pay? to collect money from Venezuelans that need to pay for passport services that Kraken's donating $150,000 to BTC pay. Well, it's a day later. But so, so the later. Venezuelan government actually leapfrogged them a little bit, right? They uh they front ran they front uh, ran the yeah, Kraken same. announcement. <laughs> That's the beauty of it, right? Like if you're a freak out there listening like, "Ah, oh, I don't like that Maduro's accepting bitcoin and, and acquiring bitcoin it's like too bad like if he can't do it bitcoin doesn't work and you have to come to grips with that if you haven't already like it's bitcoin is the money of enemies it's apolitical and has no idea that uh maduro is is acquiring utxos it can't if, if you can can't if you can that. censor authoritarians you can censor refugees you can censor activists you can censor journalists who have been demonetized. Um, I don't think people in this current climate need. Maybe, maybe some people do, but like this, I, this idea, like, I mean, we saw. Actually, I didn't put this on the list. Uh, WhatsApp got kicked out of Brazil. Their payments method, right? Yeah. Because it was centralized. Yeah. So what happened? They hit the trusted third parties. They said Mastercard and Visa, like you can't allow this to run. We won't let this run. Um, so, you know, classic Zabo, trusted third parties are security holes. If you have these centralized actors that you can pressure, they will be pressured eventually. We've seen so many PayPal account closures. We've seen people get demonetized off of Google, um, off of Facebook, off of. All, all these different platforms. Uh, we've seen people get canceled off of Twitter, right? Uh, so that's the power, right? That's the value prop. The censor res- censorship resistance is, is, is a key value prop of Bitcoin. And, and this goes back to, to what happened on Twitter today, right? Is that you need both. Like you can't... We can't just have like a fully compliant centralized chain. If if that happens, number will stop going up. Like this whole idea that there's this there's this divide between number go up and censorship resistant payments as value props is ridiculous. They both rely on each other. You need both. 
if you don't have a, a sound money that a, a sound money allows you to spend and save at will. If, you, if it doesn't accrue value, you have no value to send. If it doesn't accrue value, there's no token, no bearer at, at instrument, no you know actual Bitcoin that can be paid to the miners without a trusted third party. Then you just end up with like a tether type of situation where it's another central centralized third party that can get pressured eventually. Even though tether has somehow eluded authorities all the way up to this point, at any point they can just get fucking, it could just all go to zero. Yeah, that's why all the screaming and fussing on on the internet about which use case is better always pisses me off. I like stay down the middle. I like stacking sats and hodling stats, but when I need to re-up our billboard on BitcoinBountyHunters.com, I am very happy to to pay an invoice to do that. What pisses me off is a little bit is there's like a whole subset of people that think like stacking sats is like a is inherently a KYC compliance phenomenon. Like, you can stack sats however you please. Like, if you run a bodega and you you have a BTC pay instance or whatever, and, and you're you're earning Bitcoin that way, like, that's stacking sats. If you, you run a mine, that's stacking if sats. You need to dis- Fisk, stacking sats. If you need to distribute... If you need to distribute passports to your citizens <laughs> and you, you want to accept Bitcoin as payments, that's stacking sats. But also, sats. if you go through cash slash contribute... Yeah, it's all. It's all stacking sats. But do, if you are stacking sats on these KYC exchanges, just know that they will probably know at least the first address know so that you shit. send your UTXOs. They're going to know how much you have. Uh, make sure you're getting your UTXOs off there like as, as much as possible and as often as possible. You never want to get, like, the hammer can come down on these things uh pretty quickly and as a podcast with a sponsor who is a kyc exchange like just know this it's It's, privacy versus convenience trade-off it's our whole life is dominated by a privacy versus convenience trade-off it'll always be more convenient to have less privacy um and you have to find the balance that's appropriate for you but you have to be aware of that trade-off you should always be aware also apologize freaks my dogs just kind of assaulted me so that might be the stampede you hear in the recording it's all good. No, there's also this privacy and convenience straight off, and then uh, it's a it's a custody trade off too. Like in uh, non KYC exchanges, you're usually taking custody of your UTXOs right away. Correct. In most cases. Not necessarily, right? Like if you use, I mean, historically that hasn't been the case. I guess right now. Um, most of the non-KYC options involve you getting custody right away. But I, I would I would include that along that same privacy convenience scale with security basically on the same side as privacy. Uh, where, where basically like if you're custodial KYC, like you have the least privacy. And then if you're like non-custodial KYC, you're farther along the scale. And then, you know, you go to non-custodial no-KYC, it would be, like, farther along the scale. And then maybe, right, like, bi- mining, yeah. like, so, it, it it's, like, little, there's so much nuance. Uh, fuck, bingo. Uh, if, if you, like, 
people talk about bisc a lot right but bisc you pay with a bank account right so like if you buy with cash obviously it's even less convenient than bisc but more private right so there's there's this whole scale and it's not just with bitcoin uh you know we see it with with our cell phones our tracking devices that we carry in our pockets like if you have no cell phone whatsoever you're in the most private scenario but you have no cell phone. So I think everyone realizes that's less convenient. Or like Gmail versus, yeah. you know, running your own mail server. Yeah. Maybe some of us buying on KYC exchanges are hoping for like a fight club moment one day where it all, it's like, ah, oh, somebody fight clubs. The, uh, the data on the servers. It's just like, you know what? We're free. Cause that's another thing. Like as I'm not saying this is happening. I'm you've got an extremely exhausted and vodka drunk Marty just uh, daydreaming right now. Like, like what if shit does truly hit the fan and we get chaos? Like on a here in the U.S. and lawlessness breaks out and people people get all chaotic. Like our is the top priority going to be reigning in people who hold Bitcoin? And confiscating their Bitcoin. Well, it's it's not just know. confiscation. You know, this data leaks. It gets bought. It gets sold. You know, it gets aggregated. Uh, KYC is messy. We saw all the Binance stuff get get leaked. And and as I said earlier, you know, uh. like chain data is forever, right? So if in five years, uh, Coinbase user information gets leaked. Like they can go back and and see see what the fuck was going on. They can start connecting dots in the past, and it, it could be it could be a thief, it could be um, blackmail, extortion. There's like all these different. Th- it could be like look at the cancel culture we see right now, right? Imagine if in ten years, like the things you bought with Bitcoin come to light, and they're not politically suitable at any given time. Maybe you're more of a famous person at that point or, um, you know, you have a wife and kids, you settle down with your family and then all of a sudden like purchases from 10 years ago come out like that could be extremely damaging. And it's not just like this is one of the things that people don't realize is like our current financial system is just surveillance. It's a surveillance system. The whole thing is a surveillance system. And this shit gets hacked all the time. That shit gets sold all the time. So, you know, the majority of our peers are using Venmo and they're using fucking all these different digital payments. They're using their credit cards. All that information, you know, is not as forever as as Bitcoin, but it's being stored in databases all over the place. That shit could get leaked at any time. So it's not just people have a narrow mind of just potential state confiscation. I don't think state confiscation is necessarily... While while it is a threat, I don't think it's necessarily the biggest threat of having all this KYC information out there. And 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 let's not forget that it could just be completely on Bitcoin related. Like, you, do you want someone to have like your facial scan and your social security number and your addresses and your phone number and all this shit? Like, they could do so much damage just with that. Our current system relies on all that information supposedly being private. They can open bank accounts in your name, mortgages credit cards completely agree 
Just daydreaming on a scenario there. Like, fuck all these. It, like, we say it a lot. Like, it's way overbearing. You, there's no need to give up this much information. That's what we were in a discussion earlier today, too. Like, it's pretty fucked up that service providers don't stand up for their customers and be like, hey, we're taking on way too much of this. Like, how many hacks and user data losses do we need to see before the people in charge realize that it does more harm than good? And maybe that's a perfect indicator that they truly don't care. And they and they want to use this data either to sell shit to you or against you at some point in the future. They really don't care about your safety or uh, or the safety of uh, the country from terrorism or stuff like that. Like, it's the... It's a guise to get you to give up this information that they use against you. I mean, it's fucked up. People got pro- again going back to the whitelist. The whitelist will the come. The problem they will come. The problem with centralized companies and projects and networks is that the founders, the people in charge, can mean well. They will have the book thrown at them in certain situations, and they'll have no choice. They'll have limited choice. You know, and we've seen this in the past. You know, we Snowden's email provider, LavaBit, like the guy fought back. He had to like cl- he closed his business because they wanted Snowden's Snowden software. That that's that was that was the decision he had to make. We 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 found out that these major companies, the Googles, the the Yahoo's, the Microsofts, they all were compelled to act because the U.S. government behind closed doors was telling them they had to. And this is, you know, this is happening in countries around the world. Like, just imagine you're running one of these companies, and a lot of them are are fighting back, um, and their hands are tied. They're they're central point of failure. There's someone who can be pressured, who cares about their life, uh, and and that's why distributed systems are so important. No, I agree, and this is a good time to bring up, like what. The U.S. Senate is trying to do right now. And oh, my it, God. There's another anti-encryption bill on the floor, and it's even worse than the Earn It Act. Like, they they want to be able to, like, they're going to backdoor, uh, they're going to backdoor all the encryption, So and then encryption's not even going to be a thing if this gets passed, or they would try to make it not a thing. It would still exist, obviously, but they would seemingly try to make it illegal to use, and then the, the, uh, well, let's call it the actual senators. Um, it's Lindsey Graham, is it Graham, Tom Cotton, Graham, and Marsha Blackburn. Three Republican senators. So right. I just like for people who wonder why I've lost faith in our political system is because of shit like this. This makes America weaker. This is the well. This is well. So, like, it's worse than the Earn It Act. This is what I wanted to bring up. I was trying to, like, they have, like, something called secret evidence where they don't even need to tell you, like, the evidence they have. And they can just bring something against you and get all your messaging info and, and whatever data they want via these back doors. Yeah, they're going to compel all so American they- companies to put back doors in their encryption. And there's no such thing as a secure back door. We've seen. The CIA reportedly lost up to 34 terabytes of internal data, and they don't even know how much they lost. 34 terabytes. Just think about how much 
fucking data that is, and they don't even know if they lost it. The NSA got hacked. We just had 200 police departments get hacked in the Blue Leaks um, disclosures. Like, they can't secure this data, and if they can't secure this data, that means no. Americans' Americans' data, even if you believe that the American government should have this data, it won't just be in the hands of the American government. It weakens everyone, and they say it's for to stop criminals. Encryption... Open source encryption is out there. We have PGP. We have other tools. There's going to be tools from other countries as well. Like, criminals will still use encryption. Real Americans will still use encryption. Who this punishes is like the regular average Joe American. The regular average Joe American will not have those protections. And it will just be open season on them. This is... This is fucking traitorous, in my opinion. You know, this is... America's in chaos right now, and their priority is to make us weaker. That is that is how I feel about this, and I was fucking fuming when I saw it. I was in my little cabin in the woods, and I saw this fucking drop, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's the priority? That's the priority right now? Fuck you. That's ridiculous. Right? It's... It's egregious, man. Do you expect anything else from people like Lindsey Graham, our favorite Lindsey Graham, that that weirdo from South Carolina? It's, I mean, we say it plenty of times on this podcast. These people are sociopaths. They do not give a fuck about you. They don't care about you. They don't care about your security. They don't care about your privacy. They care. I don't like. I honestly couldn't even begin to attempt to explain what they care about. It seems like the lust for power and control over their fellow citizens is is the main thing but are there even more nefarious well, the, intentions behind behind I, this I mean look like, I don't even I don't like to get into politics but I was so furious when I saw this encryption bill drop that I went to each of their well first I tweeted at them um just because I was pissed but then I went to their twitter pages to See if they talked about it. See if they released a tweet like, oh, we're trying to protect Americans from criminals and terrorists by breaking your encryption. First of all, they're all radio silent about it. None of them tweeted out about how excited they are to fuck us, Um, which is actually probably good because then I didn't, you know, respond to one of their tweets. But it's all just virtue signaling about statues and how it's the end of our culture. Like that's what they're talking about right now and it's 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 honestly it's bullshit. Like I I disagree with the mass removal of statues and shit. Like this is all history. Like did did people not know that we have tons of racism in our past? Like obviously we fucking do. Um like this country was like built on this shit. Uh it is what it is. You know, it fucking it is what it is. But for them to just be sitting there virtue signaling about the culture of America dying and how they're trying to stop that and try and stop that. And meanwhile, they're just destroying all of our privacy protections as Americans from foreign foreign influence uh, is just it, it just says everything. It just as far as I'm concerned, all these people poli- not give a fuck about on you. Both sides. All these politicians are bought and paid for. We have legalized corruption where they're allowed to be bought and paid for. And it just the only way to really stop it is 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 to support run code, bleed them dry, run code that 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 empowers individuals. Like if we have individuals 
it's it's like the the encryption debate. First of all, the the war on encryption never ended. We've talked about this in the past. It's just we've been kind of winning. We've been winning the fight, uh, but the fight never actually ended. And it's very similar to the gun debate, in my opinion. Um, and it's it always comes down to just empowering individuals versus having a super powerful state. And and if we can empower individuals, then then that's where real progress happens. I, don't, I think the individual has never been more empowered. It's just getting to each individual and realizing uh, that that is the case. It's in the, the atmosphere of media, uh, especially today, does, does not uh, really highlight that. It can, tries to confuse. That's the thing, man. Uh, like The confusion caused by the media alone. Corporate it, media. It's corporate media, yes. Uh, it's it's astonishing to watch watch it play out like in real time. Uh, like they have everybody running from one thing to another like every day. Make sure you're scared. Hey, here's what you're going to be scared about today. Line it up. Back to coronavirus. It seems as uh, the protest uh, slow down a little bit. Uh, but they always want you scared. They never. Uh, they never want you happy or to let you know when you shouldn't be scared. And yeah, man, get into some weird times. Thank God we have Bitcoin. Let's switch. Uh, and Bitcoin. Well, we're going, we're going to stay sort of negative here with the malware. Oh, I was going to say that I was like, I, let's switch to a positive topic. And I was going to bring up the malware. I think this is cool as fuck. Have you read about this malware? Yeah. They're using op return to like, it's fucking cool. Uh, embed data. That the malware, so then like it's taking messages from op return well, data. So first of all, yeah, Marty just jumped in with the lead there, but first of all, this malware like it, it encompasses like all the things that malware recently has been like all the major malware innovations. You know, it has a root kit in it. It suppresses your virus uh, scanners. Uh, it has a an attack tool that attacks your router. Um, it, it spreads, it spreads like if you're on a Wi-Fi network and one computer is connected, it'll spread through your Wi-Fi network. Uh, it steals all your information from your browser because we have so much sensitive data in our browsers, uh, like login history, all the, all the different search history, web history we have, um, potentially like saved passwords and usernames if they're not secured properly. Um, and it includes a crypto miner. Uh, that I presumably I imagine mines Monero because you can still mine that with a CPU. Um, so it includes all of that shit. And then on top of that, what Marty just said is, you know, the new breed of malware, once they've infected all these computers, they want to be able to update it and change it and have it evolve as, as it's being fought. Um, but a lot of times you can block the servers that they're hitting to get the update information so these guys they they put the update information encrypted in the bitcoin blockchain in the op return uh field so that the malware can then pull from electrum servers or blockchain.info to get the update instructions directly from the bitcoin chain how fucking crazy is that that is fucking insane Boss. that's bullish it's a bullish fundamental whether you like it or not again like maduro 
Bitcoin working for Midoriya, Bitcoin working for this malware via op return. It's insane. This is truly the future. A distributed ledger uh, allowing autonomous malware to upgrade on the go just uh, by calling data from the blockchain. It's insane. Like, do they do they know to check specific transactions or do they just scan for op return uh, outputs and... Yeah. And they're just it just go through one the malware one. is just constantly pulling block data and it's not just there in plain text either it's you know it's encrypted and the malware knows you decrypt the it. malware yeah. knows the encryption key which also this research firm figured out um so the research firm can also see the commands so i think they if they know that much they can basically neutralize that command and control system but this, you know, this could be like the beginning of the whole ransomware thing we saw, right? Where, you know, like the first couple of ransomware things came out where all of a sudden you could encrypt a user's hard drive and and demand payment uh, to, to decrypt it in censorship-resistant money. This could be the start of, of lots of things using the Bitcoin chain to... And I wonder, does... does is this spam? Do do we consider this spam? This comes back to the whole um, what is spam debate. And these are fee-paying transactions. They're paying fees. There's no such thing as exactly. spam. That would be interesting. Well, how crazy would that be if the fee market is developed right? by malware? That's a and well, like if the if the like. If the malware is very successful, it'd be interesting to compare the reward from a successful attack versus the fees. Like, what if the fees could be pretty high and still worth it? Yeah, uh, malware is reserve fee demand on Bitcoin now. Right? That's pretty crazy. But what if they could stay in, like, like I'd be interested to see the average, uh, not the cost. Well, the co- you'd have to know the cost, too, but the, the payout, too, of the successful attack on average but they could probably then, they could probably use altcoin chains if it got too expensive because yeah when it's because like what like like use like a, a like a litecoin or or like some other chain that has uh cheaper block space and like so then governments you, would have to shut down that chain for you to stop the malware, right? So yeah, there, there, and you could probably put it in. You could probably put it in like, hey, check a hundred blocks back for the update, just so you're pretty sure it's not going to get overwritten or something like that. Well, no, that's the beauty of the encryption, right? So as long as the encryption key isn't found, uh, there's no false messages there, right? Like once the encryption key is is discovered. Uh, then, then you could put false I'm t- messages I'm about, in to confuse the malware, regardless of double spend. I'm talking about like a reorg. Like if there was like a, if there was a reorg, regardless. Yeah, yeah, because they they don't really care for finality, as much. Uh, they just need a broadcast system that is hard to censor. Uh, you would basically have okay. to blacklist like all access to the Bitcoin network to stop the malware from accessing it, right? Instead of just blocking like a pastebin yeah. website. Wow, this is bullish. 
This is pretty crazy. Everything's good for Bitcoin, huh? Really is. It really is. I think that um, that's the craziest story of the week for me. When I read that, my eyes like yeah. I was like, I couldn't believe that. That's just some. That's some crazy ass shit. Right. It could be like There's people utilizing. It could be the next reason for you know governments next excuse for governments to use to attack Bitcoin. So we'll see. See how it plays out. They could just start creating like crazy oh. malware just to be like, oh, Bitcoin enables this. It's like terrorists use right. Bitcoin well, that, narrative. I'll combine this with the Venezuela story. Come out with some big boogeyman. We need to pass this backdoor bill. And we need to shut down Bitcoin now. The individuals have too much power. The citizens. Too much autonomy. We must rein them in. Because we do not care. That's what I imagine Tom Cotton saying these days. Um, s- staying on updates. Electrum version 4.0 beta has Massive. been released. Massive update. Um, it's been long awaited. Uh, it was, te- we teased it last week when, um, the demo for the BIP 39 recovery and multi-derivation path recovery was teased. Uh, but this, the big update with this is the lightning network support, correct? Uh, no, the big thing for me is PSBT support. So now you can do multi-sig with a ledger, uh, treasure, and a cold card very easily. But yes, it also has lightning. It has their Python lightning implementation. Their Python lightning. PSBT support. Um, so, again, this has been long away. It's important to realize that this is a beta. There have been... I haven't played with it yet because my internet connection sucks. Um, but I have heard that it does crash right now and there's there's a fix that you can do through the command line but they're going to roll out a fix tomorrow for that but either way like it's being tested out right now don't like go rush and pour funds into to multi-sig wallets created by it but by all means play around with it get your get your hands dirty uh just you know like let let the let the community run it through its paces properly before you rush into like using it Full, full stop but this is a massive update this is arguably the biggest update we've seen to electrum in in years yeah it's uh again long awaited people have been talking about it for a while and it seems like electrum's moving in in the right direction uh it's in recent years got i mean we've talked about it and knocked it on this podcast for um their server setup and and how hard it is to actually run but it seems like well, Electrum's always been software is getting Electrum's better. always been easy to run. The hard part is making it so that users doing it privately. Yeah, don't dox all their addresses to just random surveillance company servers uh, and use their own node instead. Um, and and the truth of the matter is, the results we've seen on that front have more been on third-party projects, Electrum server. Uh, Electrum Personal Server by Chris Belcher, Electrum Rust Server, Bitcoin Wallet Tracker, which just got updated. Um, like that's that's where we've seen the most progress uh, in in that regard, and and that's I th- and and then all the all of these 
all these like Pi node implementations. Raspberry Blitz makes it super easy to run an Electrum server. Uh, MyNode, Noddle. I think Ronin Dojo has an Electrum server. Yeah, it does. It has Electrum Rust server in there. Uh, so that makes it way easier for people to run to run their own Electrum server as well. Yeah. Uh, and as we mentioned, Bitcoin Wild Tracker, if you're running that, version 0.1.4 has been released. I'm not going to embarrass myself and read the release notes directly again because uh, I got made fun of on the internet for that. Uh, I think this might be... I mean, the freaks will correct me if I'm wrong. I know LND doesn't have coin control. And as I said, I haven't played with Electrum yet, but I'm I'm pretty sure their implementation might be the the first one with coin control, which is ridiculous if that's the case. What do you mean? There's no coin control in LND. You can't pick which UTXOs you open channels with or send out of the wallet or no. send into the wallet. It's a very basic privacy feature that, that should pretty much be in every single wallet. Um, Bitcoin Q&A just released a mobile wallet comparison, and I feel like people get into the weeds a lot about you know, which mobile wallet is better, which, but there's like, there's very basic things that wallets should be doing. Like every wallet should have coin control. Every wallet should allow you to easily connect to your own node. Every wallet should allow you to at least connect through Tor. Um, are these slightly more advanced features? Yes. But like, then hide them in the advanced menu. You know, they should be there. They should be an option for the user. Uh, to decide, like, we shouldn't just have these, like, these big aggregated balances that you have no control over. Like, we were talking to, when we had open arms on the pod, and we were talking about uh, lightning privacy. And, and you just mentioned this about the pod you just did, uh, about using, like, layer two privately. Like, that is, it goes hand in hand with privacy enhancements on the main chain right like when when open arms talks about using lightning privately what he does to get around the lack of coin control is he just keeps a minimal amount on basically a bunch of different nodes and he just keeps having to shut down nodes and open nodes just to keep it segregated like you shouldn't have to do that like you should know which utxo opens which channel which utxo comes out of a channel close and be able to label them like Coin control alone also isn't enough. Like, you should have labeling systems in there as well. Completely agree. Now, it blows my mind that Lightning LND doesn't have coin control. I didn't even realize that. Just using without it. The Think only about it. It doesn't. Mobile wallet with coin controlled with Bitcoin QA's comparison is Samurai Wallet, which is shot. I mean, not shocking that. Samurai Wallet has coin control, but they're the only one. And they have labeling, too. And the Wasabi Wallet famously has forced labeling and coin control, but that's not Mobile Wallet. Electrum has had coin control forever. um, And with labeling as well, but that's optional labeling, just like Samurai. Like, this, this should be standard. On Green Wallet, they don't have coin control. Uh, let alone labeling, but they what they do have is you can create like you can easily create new accounts and you can label the different accounts. So that's like you know it's a halfway step there. That's decent enough. You like segregate funds, but then what happens is the user ends up having like twenty different fucking wallets within the wallet. 
just to the freaks, like that's what when I say accounts, it's like if you open your treasure and you create like a new account in your treasure, it's like a it's like a dedicated it's like a sub a sub wallet within your seed. A segregated sub wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Still uh still strides to be made in the wallet UX and the UTXO selection UX. It's officially gotten to the hour where the sun is set and I cannot see Matt, I can just see a silhouette of him rocking on a on a uh a chained rocker. I'm uh, hanging from the in the darkness. I'm hanging look, from the ceiling. You look peaceful. Um They're definitely hearing the chain going back and forth. I'm sorry, freaks. I I lowered my gain a little bit. Marty said I shouldn't. Uh in the past he told me to raise my gain, but I lowered it to try and reduce the chain noise, so you might be hearing me come into your ears a little bit lower than usual. Stop coming in people's ears <laughs> at a low rate, you know. <laughs> uh, I kid, I kid. But sticking on the wallet track, this was dope. Um, Kevin Mulcron came out with Lily Wallet, which is something very similar to Cat uh, Caravan. It is software that allows you, and I'm pretty sure Caravan... Uh, uh, sort of uh, inside. Use their libraries, Kevin I think, to to go make this. Yeah, yeah. Use their libraries, but a multi-sig setup for cold card and the UX. Like the video is so fucking dope. Like the way you extract the extract the XPub key by just like clicking on, uh, clicking on like the picture of the cold card that's connected is pretty pretty fucking cool. Uh, but this is another. Like Electrum 4.0, this is another beta Even more so. Software. There's no eyes on this software yeah. whatsoever. It is, as Marty said, it is sexy as fuck, and it's really cool that he made this without any any conversation with the Unchained team or the Cold Card team uh, because he just used open source right. code. Uh, so power to him. That's fucking awesome. But, you know, b- you know, be very careful with it. Don't, do, not, do not rush to put funds into it. By all means, play around with it, though. It does look pretty cool. I have not played around with it yet. I've failed you this week, Freaks. Uh, You 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 have not failed the Freaks. You are clearing the mind, getting in touch with nature. What's it like getting in touch with nature? I drove drove uh, past Bretton Woods the other day. I drove past the Mount Washington uh, Hotel where they... I, I turned to my lady. I was like... See that? That's where they fucked. That's where they fucked up the money. How did that feel? How did, did you get emotional driving past? It was. It was. Could you t- a very? It's like a massive hotel, like under the shadow of the mountain. It's. Uh, it pretty much embodies exactly what you would think it would embody. You know, it like kind of feels like our Versailles. I've never been to Versailles, but that's like kind of what I felt like it would feel like. What you imagine? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like people should look it up. Look up, it's look up the Mount Washington Hotel in Bretton Woods. Like it's. What do you think's more infamous, that hotel or the the club that J.P. Morgan and crew met at Jekyll Island when they when they incepted the uh, the idea for the Federal Reserve? Have you looked up the pictures of that of that club? Yeah, pretty. Uh, I mean, it's your typical Southern. Barrier Island aesthetic. I haven't, so I would I wouldn't know. All I I drove past this motherfucker, so that was like a pretty crazy collision of words worlds. Um, 
My dog, on, on a positive note, my dog shat on the top of Mount Washington, which is one of the highest, highest <laughs> peaks in the East Coast. So, like, that's an accomplishment, I think. Quality. Quality turd was, add into the the topsoil up there. It was quality. I got it. I got it all on video. Probably one of the. Did you curb your dog? Did you curb he your dog? He found like a patch of grass, and you know he pooped. I I we picked up his poop. So you, you didn't curb we your pick, dog. You we picked oh, it up. Okay, good. Which is probably also okay. a record, right? Like, because you have to imagine that dogs that poop at that altitude probably don't have it picked up. So like, if if there is a record, the record might actually be that the poop was then scooped. Dog curbed at the highest altitude. Today. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful out here. You can tell, like us city folk freaking out about Corona. They don't care about it out here. No one cares about it. There's like some. There's fuck. some like little things, you know, summer camps that aren't happening, but like the restaurants are filled and like people are going about their business. This there's a whole different world out here. That was um. That was another jarring thing being back in New York is because where I am, I'm a very small town where most people have been here for months and we're just pretty lax. Like, hey, we're going to go to the beach. We're going to chill. The uh, the face mask uh, uh, culture or everybody's wearing a face mask in New York and they're they're eye shaming you if you're not. Uh, which I was, but it was interesting to see. There's something, there's some weird thing too, in New York at least, where like if you're holding an iced coffee or eating, like even like in outdoor seating at a restaurant, like you, it's you don't need a mask. There's some like weird. Well, of course, how are you supposed to consume when you have the mask on? <laughs> but yeah, but it's like everybody's like scowling at people if they're walking and not wearing a mask. But if you're walking and you have a iced coffee and you're sipping. Not even sipping, just holding it. It's like, oh, he's drinking his coffee, doesn't need his mask. Or uh, outdoor seating at at a bar, no mask. It doesn't matter then, but as soon as you step six inches away from that. Like, I went to Skinny Dennis, and it was hilarious. It was like, if you're sitting down, it was like literally like the Would phase they had outdoor two seating? yellow stage. Because that happened on Monday. They had outdoor seating. They had outdoor seating, but it was like, if you're sitting down, you don't need your mask. But if you're standing up, even right next to the table, you need to wear a mask. It's like, what the fuck? Like, where is well, look, the consistency? The here? freaks know I'm pro-mask. So, but I also don't think, like, I think this idea of people wearing masks on the street is, like, ridiculous. Like, it's enclosed spaces where, where it matters. Yeah. I just, I like to take advantage of it and wear it as a privacy thing. But I, I don't wear it on the street. Um. But I think people should absolutely be wearing no, masks a- in like enclosed places, and and here there there is a decent m- amount of mask wearing. It like matters where you are. Uh, some places like take take it more seriously. Other places you walk in, they're like, oh my god, what did he just suck in? Um, like I walked into like a sporting goods store, and like nobody in there was wearing masks. And I walked in, I was like, you know, guys, like. I came. I came from New York, so you might be. You might be happy that you should be happy. I'm wearing a mask here. You shouldn't be. Uh, you shouldn't be looking at me like that. But other places, you walk in and like everyone, like masks are required. You can't like walk into the store without it. And they have like plexiglass on the, the cash register areas and stuff like that. Um, yeah. No, I completely agree. We should normalize yeah. it indoors. Like wear a mask. Let's normalize the mask wearing. Do you yeah. see the guy? Do you see the guy? 
I don't want to normalize that at all. I disagree there with that. There was a guy, I wait, think. there was a guy who, uh, this was trending on Twitter today. He felt so uncomfortable. I don't like wearing a mask. I don't want to normalize He felt so that. uncomfortable wearing a mask that he invented this collapsible plastic clear tube that you put on your shoulders that you wear instead. Have you seen this? No. Like, can we all agree that wearing a mask is it makes more sense than wearing a colla- collapsible <laughs> cylinder, clear cylinder of plastic on your shoulders? Like, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's all ridiculous. I mean, not we- wearing a mask isn't ridiculous. It makes sense now if you want to be certain that you're not spreading the virus. Some people would question if that that even helps but it definitely I do helps. not want to normalize mask wearing it definitely helps the only reason masks were pushed back against was because it does hurt facial recognition it does hurt privacy this is the first time since the fucking 1800s that you could protest in new york legally while wearing a mask like it, it's it's not this is why the protests got as out of control as they got, right? Was because they didn't have everyone's fucking information right away when you were protesting. Nah, I don't know about that. And it's part of the reason. It's definitely part of the reason. Like, that. that's why... Mass definitely... Mass definitely, you know... If it's an error... If it, I if it's an, I need to see more if data it's, if it's If it's a airborne thing that comes out when you speak and you cough and you sneeze... If six feet help you, obviously having some kind of covering over your face fucking helps. I, I'm, I agree. I said some people would argue that though. Um, but I don't want to normalize, but like, hey, let's wear a mask while we have to, when we have to, where we have to, as this thing moves through society. But I want like, I, I like being able to, to move without a mask on my face. No, but that's different. Air. But that's different than being able to wear a mask and not have it be illegal, right? Like we have to realize, oh, we have to realize there, since like, the eighteen eighties, like depending who you were in New York, you could just be arrested for wearing a mask. You know, so yeah. if 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 we could get to the point where you can just like optionally wear a mask in any time, like I would, I would prefer that. I'm not saying I like I was completely against the idea of mandatory masks. But I think the idea that mandatory non-masks is also, I'm against that idea as well. That's all I'm saying. I would agree there. I would agree there. I would agree there. Misunderstanding on my part. If you want to wear a mask, you should be able to whenever you want. Um, yeah, I can get down with normalizing that. I thought you meant like all times. Everybody no, 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 no. It's like encryption in my mind. You know, it's, it's like you should have the right to privacy when you, especially if we have cameras everywhere. Like, you should be able to, like, walk down the street with a mask on if you want to. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Then you get singled out. He's wearing a mask. Exactly. He's wearing a mask. Uh, We got sidetracked. We talked about... We did. And we talked about grants earlier, but another grant or grants and initiative that started this week was Square Crypto. uh, Talking about UX and UI design for Bitcoin. They officially... Announced that they're not going to hand out. I mean, they will in the future. They were, they wanted to hire a team member to focus on UX design, but they decided to make it an open source project. So they started an initiative for Bitcoin design, um, trying to bring the design community to to build better UX and, and UIs around Bitcoin software. 
And so they'll be giving out grants for that if you guys are interested in design and, and want to help make that, uh, make interacting with Bitcoin easier. And that's actually bring it back to Antoine. Like it was funny him, he admit, or I don't know if he admitted it on, no, he did admit it on, on the podcast that he's only interacted with Bitcoin core via, via the command line. I was like, dude, you need to like download the GUI and see how people actually use this (laughs) or he, GUI's always downloaded, but like open the GUI and use it. Um, that is one thing, like the, the design around downloading a full node and using a full node, most importantly, could certainly be better. Uh, I think things like Bitcoin Wallet Tracker and um, BTC Pay Server make that a lot easier. I'm excited to see that, but I'm also pumped to see that Square is stepping up here and, and handing out grants for, for design. And they also have like an open Slack group if you're a designer. So the link is in the show yes. notes. Um, we have a lot. We have a lot more here, Matt. But I'm getting the get your ass so in. So let's here. just run through get real quick. Uh, SciHub is accepting Bitcoin donations because PayPal blocked them. SciHub hosts a bunch of research this girl's papers. A, this girl's a boss. She's picking up. I mean, she's not technically picking up what Aaron Schwartz did, but she's a modern day Aaron Schwartz and. She's crushed. We have it. a so what PayPal shut her yeah, down. Yeah, so that's censorship resistance once again that we talked about earlier. Um, PayPal Venmo may start offering Bitcoin purchases. That was like a big made big waves in the community. Uh, these are rumors. CoinDesk reported on it. I will say that I've had uh, someone from PayPal uh, talking to me about this for a couple months that they've been working to do this. Um, let me be clear, PayPal can go fuck themselves, but also it makes sense that they're seeing, you know, they have Venmo. Venmo gets overwhelmed by Cash App. They both are offering free person-to-person transfers in their apps. It's hard to monetize. Obviously, they're going to move into into these investments, right, which is, 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 how, is how Cash App has been monetized um, rather effectively. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up offering bitcoin if they end up offering stocks like cash app and i also you know they'll, they'll probably also offer shit coins uh it, it might be completely custodial they might not even allow you to pull out your money um so let's wait and see how that that goes but once again like paypal can go fuck themselves they're one they're not censorship resistant at all they're a centralized company one of the best advertisements for bitcoin is people getting blocked um the new york bit license is getting a little less shitty did you see this news yeah, Coin Center came out with something. Yeah, it's uh, it's still shitty. It's just really shitty. No, no one should support New York as a New Yorker. Just like your business to just not support New Yorkers. Just block New Yorkers. That's like the best way to do it. Um, and if we're savvy, we'll use a VPN. Yeah, I mean Ben Lossky, go fuck. But yourself. it's good to see that it's less yeah, shitty it's... now. Um, and then we have a bunch of privacy why, shit. Why is it less shitty? I think they made like the require. It used to cost like five million dollars to apply for the bit license, so they pretty much like cut out like all the fucking little startups from coming in. It was like it was like super for big business. Um, and I think they made they loosened some of those requirements, but it's still. When I read it, I was like, eh, you know. Eh. It's been five years now. You skipped over. That's it. I mean, hopefully it should be abolished, but I'm not holding out hope. New York has fallen. 
New York has one. You, I'm out. You left out. New York and you just like fucking throw us to the fucking wind right away. Um, Place sucks. I'm ridiculous. Kidding. I love New York. Uh, d- wherever uh, Marty's moving, you skipped is over also this. Shitty. You skipped over this Bitmain co-founder. The the Bitmain scuffles getting getting very interesting. So McCree offered Jihan. Uh, a buyout at a four billion dollar valuation. I think it became clear that Dick McCree owns something like thirty one percent of the business, but fifty nine percent of the voting shares. So it seems like uh, uh, Zan, excuse me, Zan <laughs> was an original. Was another. I got my original co-founders mixed up. Was another co-founder, and he offered to buy out Jihan shares. But McCree has 59% of the voting, correct? Marty can't see me at all. It's just black here. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really know. You're reading the, are you reading the article now? Um, all I know, it's a clusterfuck over there, and I love it. Yeah, it is a clusterfuck. But apparently, uh, Jihan has very little power. I'm just sitting in a dark porch right now. And Marty can't see anything. It's just a black screen, I'm pretty sure. Um... I can see the uh, the light in the kitchen. That's about it right yeah, now. Yeah, the kitchen's behind me. Uh, Oracle's surveillance, corporate surveillance company that they bought, Blue Kai. Um, all their data leaked. Tons of personal information got leaked, and it's being sold right now. Um, web tracking, whatnot. So this is just another example of these data sets that are just being held, these centralized data sets that are, that make us super vulnerable. Um, yeah, I, that's just some scary shit. I, if I, let's see if I have enough reception to open that link. I think it said like email addresses, names, all your browsing history. Like that's some compromising shit that got leaked there. Oh, accidentally turned on sound. Yeah. Names, home addresses, email addresses, and other 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 identifiable data in the database revealed sensitive users' web browsing activity from purchases to newsletter unsubscribes. They had all that data. So fucked up. Uh, and just another example. Uh, their trusted third parties are security holes. Uh, FBI. Why'd you... Or not... Uh, Second FBI story. Why just uh, share the the archive or the, the IRS? Uh, because story. it's Wall Street Journal, and it's uh, oh, it's you New York Times, and it's behind a paywall. So the IRS. So we talk about this a lot with graphene. Graphene protects you more from corporate surveillance. Uh, it protects you from the marketing-based surveillance that Google does, that a lot of these apps do. Uh, specifically, if you end up using. Uh, open source apps you use fdroid to download open source apps that don't have this tracking data in it um the irs was buying location data from the marketing companies that is more accurate than the cell phone triangulation data right so we talk about even if you use graphene and you but if you use a sim that's connected to your identity um they can track your location based on the sim card based on your cell access um, and they can then figure out, even if it's not attached to your identity, they can, they can figure out, you know, where you live and where you work and then connect it to your identity and figure out all these other stuff. But that's less accurate data and it requires a warrant. 
But if they buy marketing data, it's super accurate and requires no warrant whatsoever. So we have U.S. government agencies that are going out and buying this corporate surveillance data, and it's not protected. It's not you don't you don't need a warrant for it. Even if let's be honest, like they can get warrants pretty easily. Like that's super fucked up, and people should be aware of that. So even if you use graphene with limited apps, try and use web apps as much as possible with a KYC SIM that is connected to your identity. You're way better off. Um, in terms of this kind of mass surveillance than than if you don't. The corporations are snitching, and they probably have better data than the government could hope for. Exactly. It's fucking crazy, They're all in cahoots. Uh, Right? Facebook and the FBI hacked (laughs) tails. Never disclosed it. Yeah, they said... Or they never disclosed the vulnerability, but... I think they, they no tails. This they, was like a couple of years ago, and tails just found out about it from a I think a Vice article that got released was how tails found out, and supposedly the vulnerability got Facebook and the FBI are saying that it got accidentally fixed by tails. Tails is a privacy focused operating system we've talked about on the pod before. Um, that's that's managed by the Tor Foundation. Um, what's interesting is Facebook is one of the few social media platforms that allows people to easily connect through Tor. And the reason they do that is because Facebook's blocked in a lot of countries, so they want you to be able to access it even if it's blocked. Um, but they had one guy who's a horrible dude, a child predator who was accessing it through Tor, and they paid, I think, $600,000 for a vulnerability and worked with the FBI to get the guy's identity and then arrest him which I'm, I'm glad he got arrested, but then they didn't disclose it to Tails. So so the Tor Foundation, the Tails maintainers, still have no idea what vulnerability was used to basically they got his real IP address, and then from there they figured out his identity, which we've talked about in the past. Like if you're, Every time you go to a website, you're releasing your IP address. Uh, you're, you're just, this personal information is just going all around the Internet. Yeah, and Tails is trying to figure out the exact de- ze- details of the zero day, and and they're not getting this it. This was so they, years they don't ago. Know if, yeah, without the full details, we cannot have a strong guarantee that our current users are 100 percent safe from the zero days as of today. You just assume it's when you're using Tor, when you're using a VPN, that you're not 100 percent safe. But it's still a massive improvement over just using ClearNet. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and then more FBI. The FBI, man, we got to get rid of them. <laughs> they don't, they just cancel don't like, the FBI. Uh, seriously, cancel the FBI. What good have they done for you lately? Other than waste your tax dollars. Think about that freaks. They're, they're using social media to arrest protesters and looters. Well, the reason I put that, um, ar- that there is because I think people don't realize, right? Like, this goes back to the mass thing, right? Like, you're going to a protest. You're, first of all, you have your surveillance device in your pocket, your phone. Uh, if you're not wearing a mask, you're, like, being picked up on a bunch of cameras. But not only surveillance cameras, you're getting picked up on the cameras that people are taking pictures of you and posting it to Instagram. You know, I'm on, I'm on this street, I'm on that street at this protest, you know, doing this. And... There's been cases where, like, people post on Instagram, like, I'm looting shit. Um, which, I mean, like, fuck them. Like, you shouldn't be looting. But, but like, it just shows this huge disconnect between 
I think like the younger generations and like how much privacy they're leaking. Like, don't go sharing all your personal information. These these social media companies, they're they're corporate surveillance companies. And like, yes, Twitter's included in this. Like, be well aware. Like, we're on Twitter. Um, it's all about dropping a hot TikTok, though, hot dude. Hot TikTok, yeah. Hot TikTok, but dude. Just, That's all that matters. And like, don't give me this bullshit. Like, oh, you know, you can't. You know, oh, Matt, like, you're on Twitter, you're doing that. Like, reduce the information. Just, like, you don't have to share everything. Like, you're, everyone's oversharing. You're contributing to these data sets. Is this oversharing? Yeah, Marty's showing me his nipple right now. I guess he wants to wrap it up. <laughs> no. No, I don't want to wrap it up. We have a shout-out. We have to answer a question. Someone spent some Bitcoin to, to get this shout-out. Somebody used their fuck you money. Say fuck you, hodlers. I'm gonna buy a shout out and ask a question. It is dear Marty and Matt. I have a question. In the last months, I've been mortified about the security of private keys, the potentially big threat to Bitcoin. Following Moore's law, the rate of progress on technology has been doubling every 18 months in the last years. For example, the cost of a megabyte of hard drive has fallen from one million dollars in 1967 to two cents in 2020. At this rate, and after finding out the case of John. Cottrell last week I'm really worried that in a few months slash years cracking Bitcoin <laughs> private keys could be relatively easy using advanced software is this really an option or am I totally paranoid could there be a solution to prevent this situation thanks for your permanent contribution to Bitcoin space shout out to Marty's Derpeg Al and fuck Brian naked roll Matt <laughs> naked roll <laughs> naked mole rat Armstrong speaking. from our good friend at at Mexican Bitcoin. Uh, at Mexican Bitcoin, I would not be as worried. Uh, I know John Cottrell uh, won that won that sweepstakes the other week because he was able to brute force a uh, seed phrase, but note well that he was only able to brute force that seed phrase after he had known eight words in succession to that uh, that complete 12-word seed phrase. So the in, in the blog post, post-mortem, of how he won that sweepstakes, John explains you know, the the time it would take to brute force a private key uh, without having any of the words to begin with, and it is a lot, a lot of time. It's impossible. Uh, on top of that, it's, more it's pretty law. much impossible. Practically impossible. Yeah, it would take tr- trillion trillions of days. I think is the the end. And result. so. Like, you just have to think about it, like, realistically, right? Like, so th- this was, like, four words brooded. Um, so if someone has eight words, they're going to be able they're gonna be able to brute you. Um, if, if, you know, you probably should be using a 24-word seed. Use a 24-word seed. If some kind of miracle computer comes out of nowhere, like, the 12-word seeds are going to get hit first, right? And then even that, like, are they going to brute force bitcoin passwords first or is there more pertinent technology to brute force many would argue like nsa military technology would probably be yeah i mean once you get into like quantum and shit right and you're talking about using public keys to brute private keys uh it would grow a whole world into disarray but in the Bitcoin world, what it will hit first is the early addresses, because if you spent from an early address, it wasn't a public key hash. It was just a public key. So those public keys are exposed. Um, so it's yeah. kind of like an early warning. 
uh, system there. I just that's one of our f- one of our favorite TFTC theories is that Satoshi Stash is a quantum computing alarm system or like a bounty, but it's not really a bounty because like I guess you could short the market. You could try and short it to make because like once you br- if you start brooding the the early keys. Yeah, that's why alarm system makes more sense to me. It's like, hey, Satoshi's coins are moving. Quantum may be here. Look into it. Yeah, I look, we have... There's, like, a lot of things. Like, you could walk out on the street and get hit by, like, a car or something. Um, I'm in the woods. I could get, like, Lyme disease. I Like, there's, like, a lot of... There's a, Maybe you'll die from corona, you know? There's, like, a lot of different things that could happen to you. I don't think... You should be worried about um, a properly secure, and like you're, you're, you should be way more worried about your private key being generated from poor randomness or something like that, um, than yeah. this kind of concern. It's not a real. Use a cold card and go read John Cantrell. He did Great. a follow up post because people started freaking out. Go read his follow up post. Uh, yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna hop on uh, the record with him next week to dive into that story and all the dope things he's working That's on. That's fucking awesome. I love John. Yeah, we got that next Tuesday, bro. Are we scheduling that? Are you scheduling that with me now? I'm in on it? I already scheduled it with you. You're I'm sorry, but I'm in the woods. Okay, cool. I'm excited for it. I was already excited for it. Let's go. Um, Yeah, I'm excited for a lot of things. Sorry if I was obviously... Invisibly or audibly. Audibly is probably the word to use here since this is an audible podcast. Uh, sorry if I was audibly exhausted. It's been a long Likewise. day. Likewise. Um, uh, but I hope you freaks are chilling. Uh, we've got a lot of good content on the horizon. Again, like, like I said in the beginning, it was a busy week, like news, news-wise for some cool things, but I think like I think it's like a really quiet time, especially price-wise right now. Like it feels like we're in this nice little, like maybe like a shifting of the tide where everything's nice and calm right now because the outside world is so crazy. Yeah, just enjoy life. Like, appreciate the little things. Stay humble, stack sets. Peace and love, freaks. <laughs>